This is Meet the Movie Press. It's August 3rd. How the fuck did we get here? <laughs> Star Wars Episode 1. De uh, Plane, De Plane, Blumhouse, go to Fantasy Island. And Tarantino's Star Trek is six years away? Maybe? Plus the box office and so much more. Stay tuned. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now. Here's Popcorn Talks. Meet the movie press. You don't have to go wide for me. I'm wide enough. That's so, oh my god! I can't believe you did that. No, we don't need to go wide for you, Dimitri. <laughs> By the way, welcome back. It's great to We're be so back. We're so sorry. We told you Comic Con was last weekend. Yeah. So yeah. I'm like, you know, and I thought what? I beat the crowds. That's how early well, I got you that. Did. I did. I told you. I did. You know, when you got that $99 a night room, I said something's a little weird about yeah. that. But, but you know what was also great about the whole thing? What was that? There was no line at Richard Walker's Pancake House. <laughs> yes. So, and I, for you. And I didn't get to go because there was a line, was a line. every damn day. Yeah. Well, okay, guys. Who are you and what are you doing here? Dimitri, let's start with you. Well, yeah, thanks. Uh, uh, I, well, I'm part of the Popcorn Talk Network's Anatomy of a Movie. You are. Which goes every Friday. Well, what are you doing? Thank you. What, what are you covering this week, Dimitri? Uh, this week, uh, my gracious hosts, Phil Svitek and Marissa Serafini, we are going to talk about Mission Impossible Fallout, the best action movie of the summer. I mean, it's so amazing. Can't wait to talk about that. And I think we're also going to do Teen Titans Go! Yes. The movie. So, which yeah. no one appears to have seen. Yeah. Which is a shame. A Not, crying shame. You know what? Not thing. on the day that I went. And I went midweek, and my theater was filled. <laughs> Well, at least so, we can use our movie passes. Oh, too soon. Wait, oh, wait. Uh, uh, who are you, Scott? And where can we find you? Uh, I am Scott Menzel. Yep. Uh, you can find me on... Oh, I get cheer too. Uh, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at the other Scott M. We live entertainment.com. I now do three shows across these networks. What? Yes, another three. one. Oh, my um, God. Do you sleep? No, okay. not, <laughs> apparently. Uh, the L.A. Online Film Critics Society now has its own show. What's it called? It's L.A. Online Film Critics Society Weekly. <laughs> Fucking amazing. Because you know what? Perfect. That's a nice long title. It is. Which is fun. Rolls off the tongue. L-A-O-F-C-S is just as difficult. Yeah. So just say it all out. Sweet. Nice. Um, and that runs at 11 o'clock today yep. on Fridays. Um, if you're watching this live, otherwise that's completely irrelevant. That's right. <laughs> yep. That's right, 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 right. And Just then Sunday. I do Black Tomatoes, of yep. course, uh, on Sundays at 5 p.m. Yep. And that is on Black Hollywood Live, and that's with Carla Renata. And then, of course, I do this freaking awesome show with these two guys, this, this which is called Meet awesome. the Movie Press, yeah. just in case you didn't know. I mean, that's lovely, but have you seen this show? Yeah. yeah. Anyway, we've it's run out of time. It's uh, it's unfortunately, we don't have any time this Actually, week. Uh, listen, yeah. my dad has become a really huge fan of you guys. Wow. You guys. Me? Oh, not so much. Not so much. Tough crowd. You guys, yes. Uh, well, who am I? Uh, my name is Simon Thompson. Uh, I'm the host of this show uh, with my able co-pilots, obviously, who've just introduced themselves. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Showbiz Simon, and there's a Facebook page if you're old, because apparently only old people use Facebook and Russians. Um, oh, nice. uh, this is Simon Thompson. Uh, but you can find me on Instagram and Twitter, as I say, at Showbiz Simon. But we're too old to use Snapchat. We are. I don't do Snapchat. I don't know. I don't, no. I don't get it either. No. Yeah, but my you don't use the gram? No, I don't use the gram. <laughs> Someone said to me the other day, are you doing an Instagram story? I was like, no. 
<laughs> but, but but MySpace still works for me really well and it hasn't been hacked. I'm very popular on Vine. <laughs> very popular Fine. on Vine. Okay, guys, we've got so much stuff to uh, to do uh, to, to get through. Uh, just after the show, rather inconveniently, uh, Mr. J.J. Abrams uh, made an announcement uh, about Star Wars 9 or Star Wars Wine, as I'm calling it, because everybody was moaning yeah. about it. Uh, so, you know, But if you keep doing that, people will continue to whine. I'm hoping like, that we can actually raise money to remake this film before it's even <laughs> cinemas this time. <laughs> Me too. Just to try and preempt it. Uh, so, uh, Carson Ammons on that. Uh, obviously, Mark Hamill is going to come back as uh, Luke Skywalker. He didn't die in The Last Jedi. Who saw that coming? Uh, Billy D. Williams is uh, returning as Lando Calrissian, and Carrie Fisher is going to be uh, joining the cast again from footage that was previously filmed uh, they're going to use in this film. Uh, guys, what are your thoughts on this? Oh, I, I hope we get another scene of space Carrie Fisher, you know. From Superman? Yeah, yeah. That That's what I'm hoping for. Space you Carrie know? Fisher. Yes. Because, I mean, when she was flown out in space, I was like, whoa, this is next level shit. Now, I, I enjoyed The Last <laughs> I Jedi. I know I'm so kind of in the minority yes, with yes, that. Yes, but that, that was one thing where I was like, I don't think we needed that. Um, but I'm very glad that she is going to be included in the new movie. It wasn't a massive surprise. I thought she would be in some form, um, either in flashbacks or, or in some other way. Um, but I'm, I'm very happy to see her. You can't get enough Carrie Fisher. No, and and so long as they don't try to do that digital route that they did with her. Yeah. Rogue 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 number Rogue whatever. I'm not a fan of Rogue One, but it's if it's if it's footage that they can cleverly edit in without heavy modifications and that it makes sense, which it's JJ Abrams, so in JJ I trust that it'll be done with taste. Uh, and then she will get you know, Princess Leia, Carrie Fisher, will get the, the send-off that she rightfully, respectfully deserves yeah. within the saga. You know, I know Mark Hamill has tweeted about this, and, and you know, yeah. he's, he's he's happy. And apparently they, they went through the right channels to do it, too, to get this footage. Yeah. Say, it doesn't feel like a cash-in for me, which, no. I, which I kind of thought, you know, a lot of people are going to accuse them of potentially doing. Um, but Leia was such a... It's really funny. Leia was such a massive part and continues to be such a massive part of the Star Wars universe. Yes. Um, and I know a lot of people were kind of like, oh, potentially it's a cash grab. What are you doing? But I'm really glad they're going down this route rather than doing the CGI or or finding some other way to kind of shoehorn it. it it's in. also very important to mention yeah. that of the original Star Wars universe, mm. she is really the only strong female character. Yeah. Yeah. I know that I, I know that gets thrown around a lot, that, that term, and I'm starting to hate it, because what about just having great female characters instead of always being a strong well, female character? That's yeah. what George but, Lucas but, wrote her. Yeah. But at the same time, I, I think that's why they're keeping keeping her. And, and they need to kind of close out this. They need to give her a, a, a great send-off, I yeah. feel, at the end of this movie, yeah. mm-hmm. so that she can feel like she completed her Contri- uh, contributions. To yes, this, I think this that's franchise. Right. I think that's yeah, that. absolutely. And and again, we're in such different times. Where when you think about it, right? So George Lucas is writing this screen story in the seventies, right? He wasn't. There was no Me Too movement, no. and there was none. Of, and it was just about I. I needed a damsel in distress who really wasn't in distress. Like mm. she could, she could handle her own. Right. Right. These guys come in and they're supposed to be the heroes. And when you think about like how a little anti Disney Star Wars is, right? Yeah. Usually you have the damsel in distress, they fall in love with the hero, whatever. 
She was telling the heroes what to do. Lego bulls. Like, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. you know, and then even, even, uh, and that was the way it was through Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. So she was, it was, there were great roles written for women. Just ask James Cameron. He but, was doing it well before now, too. But, it, but in yeah. 1977, it was a case of, it was a good character. It wasn't it a was case funny. of, as you say, we do need more female, strong female characters. Right. But back then, Leia was a character. A good character. A good character. Right. right. Well written, well drawn, great. And it wasn't like, there wasn't the obligation to write a good female character. No, no absolutely. He was just like, she's a good character. I'm going to make her a princess, but she's not going to be a typical princess. Right. Yeah. Right. And that's just the way I it mean, was. we were talking about this briefly uh, <coughs> on this show that's going to be airing at 11 o'clock today. Um, Which show is that? The the LA Online Film Critics Society. Okay. Weekly show. Nice. Okay. Is that a new show? It is a new show. Who hosts that? Uh, me. Oh, okay, cool. Me, okay, cool. Okay, cool. Um, okay, cool. But I did, I, you know, we were talking about Die Hard yet. Yeah. And Die Hard is a film that's so diverse. Yeah. And it's naturally diverse. Oh, right. And it's, it's, it's so interesting how we don't, we fail to look back on how many films in the 70s, the 80s, and the 90s mm. did that naturally. Yeah. Um, I don't know why we're forgetting about that. I mean, and, and again, there'll still be people that say that it wasn't enough. Yes. And I'm and not going to argue against that. Right. But the number of people who, like, uh, the number of women who have not been nominated for the directing award yep. at the sure. Academy Awards, sure, that's... You but, know, catastrophic. But also on the diversity thing. I mean, I remember. Uh, I mean, back back in the nineteen nineties. Um, yes, back in, back the, in 90s. the day when this Long was all fields. Ago. Yes, um, uh, there was a, a huge um, surge, and I was doing some John Woo stuff this week, and there was a huge surge in Asian representation oh, yeah, sure. in the movies, yeah. Asian yeah. cinema, yes. and whether that was um, you know sort of action movies or whether it was horror, and we've still seen you know a, a, a continual persistence in that. We've seen a huge rise in the amount of sort of uh, Indian movies uh, coming out, sort of oh, Bollywood yes. stuff as well. And also, I mean, a couple of years ago it hasn't persisted, but a lot of Nollywood, a lot of Nigerian cinema coming through, mm-hmm. not in the same way, but right. still becoming you know getting demi mainstream in there. Right. Um, but no, you're right. I mean, in the 1970s we saw a lot more diversity than we you know we kind of we're moving back towards now. Yeah. Very naturalistic. Very naturalistic. And, and even when you're looking at movies like the Diane Keaton's character in the Godfather mm, series, mm, right? Mm. And then, you know, when you do look at what what um, James Cameron did, like, and, and I guess, I don't know, maybe because it's science fiction, I, I don't know, but Sarah Connor. Mm. Sarah Connor was not only running for her life, but she was fighting for it too, mm. particularly in, like, Terminator 2. Yeah. So... There were great Spoiler. characters. <laughs> there are great characters then, and again, it wasn't it wasn't thought because they were obligated to do it. It's mm. just the way that these writers were thinking about having and putting women into these movies. Hundred percent. So, and if you go back and look at a lot of cop movies, a lot yeah. of cop bosses yes. were, were black. Yeah. Right. There was a huge amount, because I've recently gone back and watched a lot of nineteen seventies movies. A yeah. huge amount of high level cops in these movies were African American. Yeah. So we, we did see representation, but now we're kind of, you know, good, pushing towards that. But we're getting slightly off topic. Uh, let's check in the chat, uh, see what people are saying at the moment. Well, it was good. It's good. It's, good. it's, good. it's fine. It's tangents. It's totally fine. Uh, everybody's saying morning. Uh, good morning. Uh, Wheel morning. of Entertainment. Uh, hello, everyone. Uh, uh, Mike saying early AF. That is true. Uh, LS yes. Gale, bad British accent. 
Mine's a real British accent, but thank you so much. Uh, I don't know why I did that. I just tried to do a British accent and actually fucked it up, mm. <laughs> even though I am British. That's quite spectacular. Uh, yeah, so uh, a, a Straight Edge uh, Vegan Bell uh, saying oh, love hey, Fallout. How's it going? Absolutely. Good to have you back in the chat, uh, which is great. Uh, John Harrison saying Scott Intelligent. So glad that you're doing more, which is good. Uh, I think basically John says glad you're getting out of the house. Yeah, yeah. Which is nice. Uh, Yeah, so some wonderful feedback in there. Uh, John Harrison saying, I'm glad Howell is back. He got shortchanged a bit by killing him off in eight. I think that's absolutely Mm -hmm. fair. Mm -hmm. I had absolutely zero doubt that he was going to return in some form in the future. Uh, John Harrison again saying, "Uh, there's been a bit of a female empowerment moment in the 1970s, though exactly what we were just saying. Charlie's Angels, ABBA, Wonder Woman. You don't hear those three things together very often uh, and uh, although actually, M- Mamma Mia Wonder Woman 1992 I think is coming soon and uh, Sky Patterson saying if Disney Lucasfilm is using lost footage of Carrie Fisher in Star Wars Episode 9 it better serve some of the purpose with a hopefully epic complex co- cohesive character driven space opera um, I think that's exactly what is going to happen uh, John uh, t- referencing what we were talking about about Asian cinema in the 1990s uh, Tomorrow Never Dies Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon John Woo Jackie Chan Jet Li absolutely all 90s uh, and also making a comment that even in the first Alien from 79, uh, Ripley was a woman. Mm-hmm. So we have seen that representation there. James uh, Cameron. Uh, very well, briefly aliens, going back to Star Wars, yeah. another casting thing that has been, we discussed on the show previously, uh, Kerry Russell. Sure. Yes. Uh, joining, uh, obviously she wasn't part of the main announcement, then that was amended. Uh, Kerry Russell going to be joining the movie as well, and filming started on episode nine uh, in London this week, uh, yep. which is great. Is um, okay, time to visit Blumhouse Corner. Blumhouse Corner, oh, Blumhouse, Blumhouse Corner. Blumhouse, Blumhouse, Corner. Corner. Uh, Blumhouse making Fantasy Islands. Um, which I'm pretty psyched about. I love it. It wasn't a huge TV show in the UK uh, where I grew up, um, but I did love the show. The uh, plane, the plane, the plane, the plane. You had, you had, yeah, yeah. You had Nick Knack. Nick Knack. That's Nick who Nack. was in uh, A Man with a Golden Gun. Yes. Uh, Hervé v- Villachez. Yeah. Uh, it was a huge. Sadly show. dead. Sadly. By his own rope. <laughs> Spoiler. Yeah. But but it was good Saturday night TV. Great TV. uh, Great TV. It was the Love Boat. It was I think it was like an Aaron Spelling two hours. Mm. It it was Love Boat, and then it was Fantasy Island. Yeah. And you know Ricardo Montalban, yes, who uh, you know conned to everybody, but he was also you know a a Cordoba car with Mm -hmm. fine rich Corinthian leather. You know, I mean, you had this great. Show that was sort of Twilight Zone-ish in a mm-hmm. sense, where everybody yeah. mm-hmm. went off on their own. Let's call it adventure that they paid for, and then they came back with a self-realization and learning something about themselves. Uh, it, it was a really ahead of its time kind of a show, mm. and I think to make it a movie is a really solid idea. And if anybody's going to pay attention and do it right, would be Blumhouse. Which I'm very interested to see how they do it because there's a lot of... One mm-hmm. thing that was very popular a number of decades ago and we kind of lost this was... Um, I mean, apart from things like the VHS series, if you haven't seen them, by the oh, way, yeah, yeah. very good horror movies. Uh, anthology storytelling in movies. Um, we saw a spate of that with movies like The Twilight Zone, uh, uh, Tales from the Dark Side. We've seen it again, a resurgence with things like VHS. Um, I know there's uh, a movie that um, uh, 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 Mick Garris and Joe Dante have done, which is coming out very soon, right. which is again anthology storytelling. I think there's room for this. It's something that we don't currently have on the big screen, which could be quite interesting. I just want them to make it as dark as fuck. 
Yeah, I mean, it that's what I'm wondering. I'm wondering yeah. if it's going to go campy or if it's going to go dark. I would like it to go dark. Me With too. Blumhouse, I Me think too. you can kind but, of mix the two. Yeah, I think so too. I, I mean, you don't have to go dark as fuck, but you can you can have that there. You don't know, you don't need to go campy is the way that dark they as fondle. Go. So fair enough. Yeah, <laughs> dark as so over the Brazil. You do that way too. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, but. Um, what I'm getting at is the show itself yep. is something that we don't necessarily have, especially in a one hour, mm-hmm. is that there were one-offs. It wasn't like serialized, yep. okay? And it doesn't come off when you watch it as an anthology show. Mm. It was like, <clears throat> and I don't know how they're going to do it. It was episodic well, it, and self-contained. Well, it, was, well, it was episodic, self-contained, yep. and you had at least... Two visitors coming to the island that they were going to focus on, and their 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 stories sort of paralleled, like they would go back and forth, mm. and then by the end of the show, you, everything wrapped up. So I don't know if they're going to do, you know, a couple comes to Fantasy Island to have their fantasy mm. come true. Yeah, will they do multiple guests coming to the island? To do it, or will they do it more anthology? Well, what I'm style? wondering is maybe they will follow kind of the, the the pattern of things like the Saw franchise, where they are self-contained individual stories with people and consequences and issues and development, and yet within this universe, there's Fantasy Island, blah blah blah, Fantasy Island Retribution, where they are somehow intrinsically linked in a larger Fantasy Island universe, because Blumhouse currently. Um, they're doing phenomenally well, but outside of something like The Purge, they don't have a franchise. Whereas if you look at the likes of Warner Brothers, they're building universes around things like The Conjuring, obviously The Nun, Annabelle, that kind of thing. So this would be something for them to start as an additional franchise to The Purge, where things are, they're, they're, they're a continuing story, they're somehow intrinsically linked. Do you think that's a path they could potentially take with this? It's possible. It is, it is okay. really possible. But I would personally, I would just stick to let's do let's do it. They have episodic. to. Here's the like, thing: they have mm. to build the foundation first. Yes, because again, when you're doing something like this, the audience that is going to see this movie, yeah, is probably not that familiar with the original. Very good point. Show. Yeah, yeah, and they may. Okay, w- w- one of the charms of the original show is Rourke. Ricardo Montalban's yep. character was more or less like a god. Like yes. you never, you never got to see the man behind the curtain and how all this stuff was coming to light. Mm. Like it was, it was in a sense almost like Westworld, except you didn't realize you're in Westworld. Like you didn't, like you're paying for this fantasy, but you didn't know how it was so mapped out. Yeah, and the resolutions were Rourke pretty much was the god. So I would figure in the movie. There may be some explanation, or maybe mm. they'll just keep it that way, as they did in the television. And I, I just no think idea. it's a real toss-up too, because yeah. like with a show like that, you know, with a show like this that obviously has a cult following, yeah, that's for a very specific audience. Um, we've seen even major TV shows be turned into movies that have not done well. Mm-hmm. Yes, so very they, true. They, the only good, it's difficult th- to do. The saving grace with this is that Blumhouse is doing it because you know the budget right. is going to be in check. Yeah. So even if it doesn't gross a ton of money, mm. it'll probably still make its budget back. That is true. They'll have a good cast. That's right. They'll have good casting. 
and they'll have good marketing. It's also a potential for. I mean, I, d- I don't know if this is their if this is their grand scheme, but they've done it with the Purge to go back to that. Sure. It is to then have movies, but then also have spinoffs uh, as a TV show. Yeah. So potentially they could use this as a launch pad for either um, sort of complementary TV mm-hmm. series or to start it as a big screen thing and then throw it. To the small screen. That this seems like actually a, a good fit for a Netflix series, actually. Yeah. Um, and and I, we don't I, know if this is going to be a theatrical release right. or if it's going to be something that is going to be streaming. Yeah. But we just know that it's going to be a film. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I just I can see this really doing well on Netflix. Yeah. I, I, I like as a discovery. You know, someone yeah. saying, eh, "What is this?" and then they click on it, and then it either like works and everyone's talking about it, or it doesn't right. work and it just dies. I, I can see the potential as a movie. I yeah. really can. I think and, I, I agree. And I agree. I, I think that it could work because thematically, I think it's right there, and I think it hits. It hits. Genre fans, yeah. nostalgia fans, uh, it, it, it runs that board really well. And I think done right, like they usually do, yeah. it, I think it could do very well. Yeah. In the chat, Sky Patterson saying, uh, good to have you on the show again, Sky. Uh, Blumhouse doing a new adaptation of Fan- uh, Fancy Island. Cool. Uh, go forward. Would like to see James Wan, Jennifer Kent, or Karen uh, Kusama doing stuff. Mm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Really mm-hmm. good idea. John Harrison backing Sky up there saying, Karen, uh, is a cool choice. The Invitation was a great little indie thriller. Absolutely. And again, that's the kind of thing that would actually work as a, uh, if you were doing it, condensing it as an episodic thing on right. Fancy Island, would right. be really, really good. Uh, again, Sky saying Fantasy Island, starting a franchise. No, interesting. Uh, make a dramatic psychological horror thriller set in the nineties Caribbean. Uh, Evil Dead meets Castaway. Hashtag Blumhouse. Mm. That's actually okay. a really good take as well. I, I, I agree on that. And John saying uh, Gem and the Holograms comes to mind with Blumhouse. Lol. Yes, it's funny. I mean, people don't often say Gem uh, and the Holograms comes to mind. Right. No one generally, does. including yeah. the cast of Gem and the Holograms. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. Especially so, uh, John, wow. John M. Yeah. Chu is definitely. So I think we found the person on the press tour for well, uh, Crazy Rich Asians. But, but the good thing I'm is, sure. actually, I think we just found the person who did see Gem and the Holograms. So, uh, so John, um, yeah. kudos. I'm sure they appreciate the the Cheers. money, yeah, which is good. Did. Absolutely. Uh, so, are you doing stuff for Crazy Rich Asians? Yes. Cool. This week. Are you, are, are you doing? Crasians. I am not doing. Crasians. Okay. Crasians. Uh, screening nice. is tomorrow. Oh, God. Tonight. It's Friday. Yeah. Tonight. 6.30. Tonight. It is. Yeah, yeah. Tonight. No, I'm, I'm not. Uh, I was going to be working that, but then I... Uh, I'm also seeing the doggy movie, which I'm actually really excited for because I love dogs. Axel? Dog, 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 dog days? <laughs> No, not Axel. What the? <laughs> you, you said, no, no, I'm seeing I'm seeing Alpha in a couple of weeks. We're going to get off topic, oh, but, uh, I know, right? but yeah, <laughs> it's okay. Movies we're seeing. I'm what? just going to the movies. This is so the mo- I'll see it. Yeah. Yeah. This is the movies we're seeing portion of. Yeah, the so, so this is a, seriously the insight to our lives is absolutely fascinating. I'll also be doing laundry this weekend, and I might have a poop. Yeah, uh, yeah. So uh, no, I'm I'm not uh, doing Crazy Rich Asians this weekend. Although I am very intrigued to see it. Yeah. I am seeing the Meg. I'm nice. sorry. Tomorrow night. I'm sorry. Um, no, but here's the Tomorrow cool thing. Night. Tomorrow night at the Egyptian Theatre. Um, oh, I thought you were going to say oh, they're yes. doing they're the doing Jaws. a triple bill yeah. of the Meg in 3D, uh, followed by Jaws 3D, uh, followed by Deep Blue Sea. In 3D? No. Wait, wait. So you're seeing? So I didn't even know the Meg was coming out in 3D. So you're neither did the, I. So you're seeing the Meg <laughs> in 3D? Is, then, I am. The, wait, then you get to see Jaws 3D? Yeah. That's the one with Dennis Quaid. Yeah, that is. That's the one with Leah Thompson. Filmed in uh, SeaWorld in Orlando. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. 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 Spoiler. Good luck. A well, there, there's, there's, there's a reason why they're showing that so it can elevate the other movie that's coming out next week. Oh. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. The smeg. I'm throwing a little shade. I'm sorry. Okay. I, well, right. I, we can talk about that on the show next week. Uh, uh, no, well, I don't, I don't meet the movie press on, uh, at the Popcorn Talk Network. Hey, you uh, know of course, what? Jaws 3, week. I mean, as, as not as good as Jaws 3 is, it definitely wasn't Jaws the Revenge. That's, that's right. damning with faint praise. Uh, not as good as Jaws 3D. It's yeah, like, yeah. oh. Well, it's like, you know, yeah. I like Jaws the Revenge. <laughs> I like it. Fair enough. Do you? Yeah. But you'll probably like the Meg. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Has this also bought Michael Caine a house in the Caribbean? No. No. It's also going to no. be like when, when you hear is... the story of like $150 million disaster. Although I, I am looking forward. I'm working the premiere on Monday night here in in LA. Um, oh, so nice. I'm just very happy. I'm purely working it because I want to be reunited with my hairless bro, yeah, uh, Jason Statham. Awesome. Yeah. Who, by the way, if you don't know this, um, there's a couple of pop videos that he did, uh, pop videos, uh, in the 1990s. Um, uh, there's one by The Shaman, uh, where he is uh, is a dancer in, like, Speedos, and also uh, Erasure's Run to the Sun. So if you check those on YouTube, uh, <laughs> Jason Statham was in his, in basically a pair of Speedos covered in gold in Run to the Sun, posing uh, on a big spinning globe. God bless him. I should be asking him about that. And I, other I really yeah. important news items uh, on the red carpet at, uh, at Meg and on Monday night. And ask he's still, uh, you know, because uh, it's funny... Ghost of Mars, John Carpenter's Ghost I love of Mars. that movie! It's so bad, but it's so fucking good! <laughs> he's in it. Oh my god! He's in that movie. That's great. Of course he is. Of course. Jason Statham has done some... The man who's like a king of VOD and uh, Redbox titles. Along with Ice Cube. (laughs) Oh, Ice Cube. Ice Cube, yes. Yeah, Yeah, God. I love Ghost of Mars. They should do a shark movie together. That was... You know what? That was a miscast issue in uh, The Meg. They should have put Ice Cube in it. Yep, he should have been the token black guy in that movie. Really? Yeah. Who did they have in it? I have no idea. But Uh, he was annoying as fuck. Wow. Fair enough. Yeah. Wow. How's Lai Bing Bing? Is she good? No. 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 She's not big. Awkward. Uh, there's not, <laughs> you are not going to get me to say much positive thing. Okay, I, I know I a lot of people have is. enjoyed that movie, which is which totally is, fine. Which is weird because... Which movie? The Meg. Uh, the Meg. <laughs> I just feel like it's it's so weird that people are saying, like, Jaws meets Jurassic Park. I'm like, what movie are we watching? Like, yeah. well, I'm, I'm very taking confused. taking quotes from the book. I mean, because the, when the book came out, because it is based off a book, which very few people Three seem them, to right? know. Uh, there could be four. Four, actually. Okay. Uh, Steve Alton. There's, there's the Meg. There's, there's, well, it's uh, called, actually, the, the it's Meg just called Meg. And, uh, and uh, the, the Philosopher's Stone. <laughs> yes. Uh, there's the Meg and the Furious. You got them all right, yeah. <laughs> and uh, there's uh, there's the Meg. Cranked up Meg. Meg uh, crank, cranked. Mega. Yeah. 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 Crank there's, Meg. There's Meg harder. There's the Mega. Meg 4.0. Yeah. 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 Great books. Meg a bite. Yeah. 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 So yeah. Where in done. the world is the Meg? Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's great. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Megs. Uh, yeah. 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 Uh, Batman versus Meg. Meg. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, okay. So let's move on from uh, from the very randomness of the Meg. Yeah. Meg Ryan. People like that is yeah. true. Who looks uh, Meg Ryan? As much as I love her, if there was a Meg Ryan lookalike contest, Meg Ryan would currently come last. Wow. Seriously. <laughs> It's well, just, I love Meg I, Ryan. I, I but do too, but you went there. Come on. Wow. Come on, oh, man. She was, She's we, one of the most beautiful women in was, Hollywood. I mean, when you look at movies like Inner Space, oh, yeah. it's like you stunning. Wonder, it's like, huh, yeah. Stunning. Top Gun, 
We'll oh. get to Top Gun 2 later That's on. That's right. right. Uh, let's look at the chat. Uh, okay, John Harrison saying Alpha has some really moving trailers. Uh, Studio 8 hasn't made a movie since uh, Billy Lynn's half-time walk. Uh, that is true. There's probably a good reason why. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Sky Patterson saying, I love Deep Blue Sea, one of my favourite guilty pleasure movies. Sky, there is nothing guilty pleasure about Deep Blue Sea. That is a great great fun movie yes that is a great popcorn movie never be ashamed of liking that movie uh, John or Harrison saying uh, or yeah uh, Jason Statham uh, is winning because he's holding down Rosie Huntington widely <laughs> uh, I salute him uh, she has a, a thing for uh, for ball guys mm-hmm. sweet uh, John Harrison uh, live free or Meg hard uh, do yes. you know what I would watch that uh, Mike Marchant <laughs> uh, Meg Tokyo Drift I would also watch that you got Meg uh, yeah so let's move on you, you've got Meg yeah. you've got Meg yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay, let's move on to, uh, to Simon Pegg offering a, a Star Trek 4 update this oh, week. Uh, obviously been doing the rounds for Mission Impossible Fallout. Uh, Fallout, ball out. Uh, says Tarantino's Trek is likely six years away. Hope I'm alive. I mean, <laughs> there's still talk of this movie, and I know we've discussed it on the show previously. Do you think this will happen? I, I hope it does, but I don't know. But people still seem to be talking about it as a thing that is actually a thing. It's it literally paramount in my as a Star Trek fan. Yeah, I say this with great respect. They Love have long and prosper. They, they, they've just fucked up Star Trek at this point mm. really terribly. Um, and that was after the the two J.J. Abrams movies, mm. Star Trek, Star Trek Into Darkness, and then they had the fiftieth anniversary which was the Star Trek Beyond, which they just totally messed up as both mm. a movie and as from a marketing standpoint. Yeah. All you had to do is take a page from Skyfall. When, like, everybody knew that James Bond was 50. Yeah. Nobody knew that Star Trek was 50 years old as a franchise. Doesn't look a day and, over 40, and, though. And, you know, and, and they, 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 they took their time to overmarket Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. When you have a franchise that you're working here... And for six years now, I've heard Tarantino, that there's going to be a Tarantino movie, mm. and there's going to be one, like, from the J.J. universe. Yeah. And I don't know. And, and some people are saying yes, but they're already saying this will probably, like, like Zachary Quinto has already mm. Like, mm. put it out there, that this will most likely be his last turn as Spock, which would stink. Um, so I just don't know what Paramount's doing. And then with this whole discovery by putting... Star Trek on a pay subscribership when Star Trek, the name alone screams like you have Supergirl over Star Trek. Like you have CW. You could have put this on. But but also with with the show that they had with Discovery, it appears to have found its feet again as a franchise. So as it has has a reset, it it seems to have a strong following again. Where? On on Twitter, yes, mm. but I don't know who's watching it. I don't have conversations with other Star Trek Me fans either. who are watching Discovery because mm. nobody wants. I don't want to. Well, personally, it's an insult. I don't want to pay for another subscription service. Mm. Look, if you're if you were to have put it on Netflix, that's okay. I'd yeah. be like, all right, billions of people have Netflix all over the world, and from what I understand, if you're in Canada, and even if you're overseas, mm. that's how you watch Star Trek Discovery, is on Netflix. Interesting. Here in the States, you have to pay for CBS All Access yeah. to do it. I don't even think they've put the first season out on Blu-ray. No. So Not as far as I'm aware. I don't even know. Like, I can't even watch it as a Star Trek fan, mm. but I'm not paying. 
Like it's it's if that's your anchor to get me to pay for CBS All Access, mm-hmm. as opposed to like the Disney streaming, which will have more than just Star Wars, it'll have Disney like stuff. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 they need to pay the franchise more TLC and respect. Yeah. Because of what it is, this whole I know they're waiting for this whole Viacom merger to happen too. Mm. Because J.J. Abrams has complained, he complained a lot during Into Darkness, saying I can't get toys out because of this stupid yeah. merger. Yeah. So how do you market it? It's mm. you know, it's it's a mess. I think. I mean, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And I, I still think. The issue, the biggest issue, is going to be the budget. Yeah. Because since it's such a high-tech show, and the fact that Quinn Tarantino makes mid-level films, you know, Mm -hmm. he's an independent director, he makes mid-level films, to kind of have him do this, and I know this is kind of hypocritical saying this because there's so many independent directors who've made big-budget franchises. Sure, sure. But he's known... For being bloody, he's known for going balls out, for being, yeah, you know, cursing like crazy, and it it's an, a, a weird switch of mm. tone for people who grew up watching Star Star Trek. Now, if they reboot the franchise again or do another generation or yeah. whatever it is, it may work, but then they're going to have to have him signed on for like three films, mm-hmm. or at least like to kind of move the story forward. Mm-hmm. They're going to have to do it, and to find someone who can match Quentin Tarantino's tone, yeah, that's going to be difficult because I, I yeah. will say about yeah, him, that. he yeah. has a very unique tone to him mm. that I don't feel like any other filmmaker quite has, which is what makes his film so special. Mm-hmm. Is that when you watch a Quentin Tarantino film. You know you're it's watching. It's a Quentin Tarantino movie. Right. Yeah. Right. It yeah. doesn't feel like, oh, this is sort of it's like... It's like a stick of rock. Right. It's all the way through. You know, like yeah. you, there's a lot of movies that come out where you say, like, this kind of feels like a Steven Spielberg movie. Like, yeah. First Man kind of looks like Damien Chazelle's version of a Steven Spielberg movie. Yeah. There's movies that, like, you see, like, uh, uh, what's the movie? There's a, like... There was a recent... Oh, Lemony Snicket's? Yeah. W- right. Felt like a Tim Burton movie without I was going to say Paul Blackmore Cop. Wow. <laughs> yes, that felt like an Adam Sandler movie without Adam Sandler, but wait a minute, that was produced by Happy yeah. Madison. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Did you, by the way, did you watch that awesome movie on Netflix that David Spade's in? That's the thing you don't hear very often. Did you watch that awesome movie on Netflix? No, I didn't know. And also, with David it's Spade terrible. in it. It's no. terrible. Even it's David terrible. Spade I, I doesn't know. Did you watch that awesome movie with David Spade in it? He, he did. But, every, um, every David Spade movie now comes with an apology at the beginning. Yes. I'm sorry I did this. I love I love I love David Spade, but dude. Remember Child's what was the one Child stars on the television? I love that one. Uh was it Corky? No, no, it's no, not Corky not Romano. Romano. That's oh, Corky uh, Romano. That was uh, it was, uh the little guy. Uh, Chris Catan. Yeah. Chris Catan. Um, it yeah. was uh Dickie uh, Dickie Roberts. Dickie Roberts. So, yeah, Child Star. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. was so fun. They didn't make a sequel to that. But yeah. what? This is Knucking Futs. Yeah, Nucking, Nucking Futs. That's right. <laughs> yeah. That was a great movie. Yeah. Sorry, I don't know. We, Tarantino, we well, yeah. Star Trek, right. Tarantino, you know, David Spade. Yeah, wow, that is some <laughs> maybe maybe Tarantino <laughs> could cast David Spade. Where you know that the, but, we're real well, hardcore you know, movie but your nerds. Your concerns here. about Quentin Tarantino is yeah. my or my curiosities because I do like it when a director in your um, first. Yeah, you're right. He has a tone that is almost. Anti Star Trek, yeah, right? yeah. But I like it when a director 
goes out of perhaps his safe zone, right? Yeah. And he could like Star Trek doesn't need to be bloody. It doesn't need to be profane. And Quentin Tarantino has said he is a science fiction fan and a fan of Star mm. Trek. It's a genre so, he hasn't touched at this correct. point. No. And, and I think that, to me, says, okay, it gives me pause. And I said, I'm curious to know. I would like I, to see him do effectively yeah. like a Starship Troopers kind of there thing. That is, that is, It can be a standalone project. It can be backstory. It can be whatever. It doesn't have to be canon. But it's kind of like Cliff Notes. I have a better question. Is Star Trek the franchise for him to experiment with it's not sure. it's not but it's not as profitable like it's not but, but it can be and people say which, it's not as profitable yeah but it's, it's not it's not as profitable because the budgets of those movies are high yes. if you did get tarantino to do it and you gave him 25 million to spunk up the wall then you can make a profitable uh, star trek movie i don't know right. i think the last Three Star Trek movies did fairly well. Didn't be well, on They did okay. Why? I mean, yeah, they, they, they did. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even, even after now. publicity, but you can't compare costs. them to Star Wars. <clears throat> but if, if he is going to do it with the sci-fi, Star no. But Wars. if he is going to do it with the sci-fi franchise, then Star Trek is the one that he is most likely to do it with. Unless right. you get him to do something like a remake of a Soylent Green or a, sure. that kind of thing, or a Logan's Run, where you can really sort of fuck shit up. Right. I think really Star Trek is the sci-fi franchise that he can. That is an existing IP that I think he can do that with. I agree I mean, too. Yeah. Worldwide it made $343 million. That was beyond. Yeah, yeah. beyond. Which, so, which the production bu- uh, budget was $185 million, which in the States it didn't even make $185 million. Yeah. So, and what but about, again, if you what give him 25 or $50 million, yeah. which Tarantino can right. completely nail, right. then you are instantly, even if it makes $185 million, I, I think this, you're still profitable. I think you're bringing up a very good point. It, it was kind of like... Oh, an, hang on. Get that on tape. Yeah, very good point. <laughs> this doesn't happen very often. Get, oh, hang on. No, we are on tape. Fine. There's, there's, there's an issue with budgeting in yeah. Hollywood. Um, Hugely. I, I love Power Rangers. I will go on record and say this. Um, when they made that new movie, mm. and I saw the budget was like $100 million, I said, what were they thinking? Yeah. Because at about $40 million, maybe $50 max, mm. there that would have came out and been like, this is a hit. Mm-hmm. But at a hundred million, like look at the original movie. Mm. Even back in then, that's the heyday of Power Rangers when everyone was talking about right, it. Yeah. Right. That didn't even make that much money. Mm. So why you would think that you can revamp something and double the budget of an original movie? It's just right. silly to me. And yeah. they're like, oh, it, it underperformed. It didn't underperform. It did well. You just didn't know how to budget the movie. Right. True, true. Uh, in the chat, uh, John Harrison saying uh, Dickie Roberts is underappreciated. Yes. Uh, so uh, it's good to have David Spade yes. in the chat today, <laughs> uh, claiming to be John Harrison. Uh, I, I feel I that, like movie that movie is... Me too. Me too. So there's John two Harrison, people. The name of... Three people, David Spade as well. I could all swear John Harrison's the name of the character that Benedict Gumberbatch played in Into Darkness. It was John Harrison, a.k.a. Con. Well, who knew that uh, that Benedict Cumberbatch was a big fan of the work of David Spade? Who <laughs> knew? <laughs> Things you learn on the uh, Meet the Movie Press every week here on the Popcorn Talk Network. Uh, John Harrison again saying, I feel that movie is, is more relevant now with YouTube stars and Disney Channel yes. stars going off the rails. Yes. Absolutely agree. Uh, Sky Patterson saying, uh, Star Trek movie idea, Zero Dark Thirty meets Forbidden Planet, set on planet Earth in the year 21. Uh, uh, 2100 uh, let Aaron Sorkin and Joel Edgerton uh, team up on directing that's interesting that is a good point actually 
Mm-hmm. Uh, John Harrison, the reason I said Robert Rodriguez uh, is because he works well with yes. Tarantino, indeed. Uh, he keeps movie budgets yes. low, indeed, and working uh, with Alita, he'll know more about big budget sci-fi with James Cameron. Really valid points there, actually. Uh, Sky Patterson responding, uh, I think the budget for blockbuster films should be about 90 to 190 million, not 250 million to 450 million budget. I think that's absolutely viable. Okay, a lot of stuff to get through. Um, so we're just going to rattle through a few stories now. Sure. Uh, ben Affleck, Matt Damon, and the writers of Deadpool are going to adapt the uh, McDonald's Monopoly fraud story that you might have seen uh, going viral this week. Actually, written by a friend of mine, uh, James Mage. Nice. Uh, which oh. is great. So, very proud him. Um, of him this week. Had a busy week, James, which is good. Uh, doing some good. work for once, which yeah. is lovely. Yeah. Well done. Uh, yeah, no, seriously, James has done phenomenally well with this. Um, I mean, that article came out, uh, I think it was Monday or Tuesday, and Hollywood went absolutely mental for the story. Uh, looks like Ben Affleck and Matt Damon are going are, are gonna to get on board with this, which is good. They're having um, discussions at the moment. Uh, did you read this story? I have not, actually. It's, it's seriously good. It's about basically a, a, a con behind the Monopoly game. Yeah. Uh, you know, you could get the Monopoly uh, yeah. sort of game yeah. on, the, on the McDonald's boxes, and it's basically this, this huge scam behind it um, is kind of like Ocean's Eight with fries. Yeah. Ah, yeah, it's seriously, it's a fascinating and it'll story. It'll be better it, than Ocean's Eight. Really I can good. say that now. Oh my god, it would have to be. Yeah, it would have to. Be. <laughs> but it's great. I mean, seriously, I if you haven't read this story this week, do Google uh, Monopoly fraud story. Uh, it's a fascinating piece. It, it is, was originally it, on the Daily Beast. Yeah, and, uh, which and, was a great, you know, great I mean, scoop I for them. stopped playing that dopey Monopoly game because all you know, the, the most I won was a free uh, Big Mac. Yeah. <laughs> Lucky you. Oh. I got small fry. Oh, okay. okay. On your next order. Uh, okay. Hmm. Yeah. Big Mac. People yeah. look at you, Mr. Big Mac. <laughs> Free Big Mac here. I got fries. John oh, Harrison saying a movie about the McDonald's Monopoly prizes. It's not about the prizes. Uh, seriously, it's not about. I got, oh my God, I got nuggets. Uh, yeah, it's not today. Although, my happy meal. Although Kevin James's coloring book, Kevin James's I got nuggets. <laughs> yeah, uh, is coming soon to Netflix, <laughs> starring David Spade. Uh, <laughs> seriously, it is an article worth checking out. Go to the Daily Beast and check this out. It was a, it was a Twitter moment. It was really big this week. Do check that out. And I think Ben Affleck and Matt Damon they really do they can work on this together. And I think it will be really really good. They haven't worked on a lot of stuff recently together, and I think this could be something that mm-hmm. that really yeah. really has interesting. I'd love to see what they're going to do. The with, founder with is criminally underrated. Oh, by the way, John Harrison. The founder is. The founder was a movie that people didn't see. It was fucking brilliant. Because you know why? Because the person in power right now. That's why. It came at a bad time. Yeah. Yeah. I I feel like nobody wanted that negativity when they were in their movies. Very interesting. They were actually filming the founder on the day, because I I know Laura Dern and we had a conversation. We talked about that movie so much um, together over the last couple of years. Uh, The day that they were filming that, um, they started filming, was the day that Donald Trump actually came down the escalator and announced his presidency. I'm telling you, it was cursed from the beginning. So it was really interesting. Yeah. It's seriously interesting watching that movie and knowing the timeline yeah. for, for politics that we've seen and kind of, you know, the whole business ethos. It's a really interesting sort of, it, you know, com- 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 complementary piece. Easy and, for me to say. And it will, easy for you, easy for us to listen. The founder, too, like, it, such great performances all great around. Great performances, yeah, right? great script as well. Yeah. Very great script. And literally, you'll, you know, you'll at least take two to three weeks off of eating McDonald's because yeah, right. you'll be sort of kind of pissed. Interesting, yeah. And then after though. after a while, you go, uh, I, I need a small fry. Yeah. Oh, I, 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 
Small Fry. Oh, which yeah. is actually my uh, my nickname, Small Fry. Um, also, short rounds. That's what we call uh, a bookend. And sugar tits. Um. Um, but no, interesting. The whole the whole idea behind the founder about them, the, the guy taking the yeah. uh, the McDonald's Croc. model and yeah, yeah. Croc. Actually, at the same time, they did exactly the same thing for Taco Bell. Was founded on exactly the same principle, where they took the system from the McDonald's thing and they basically put that into a fast food restaurant, but for Mexican food. A lot of people don't know that. It's very interesting. No, it's really good. Yeah. So there you go. Something to grow on. Uh, so uh, let's talk about the uh, the Joker movie, or that Joker movie that appears to be uh, called like a fucking Nickelodeon show yeah. for some reason. That oh my god, Joker. that like, Joker movie! Uh, Mark Maron uh, has joined the cast. Obviously, very popular uh, as a as a uh, as a satirist and also as a podcaster and an actor. Um, and to be honest with you, just all around fucking amazing human being. Uh, really interesting to see. I don't know what his role is going to be, but if he joins the cast, that's great. That movie, considering about six months ago, people were saying this is never going to happen. That cast is shaping up to be one of my favourite casts of any movie no. in like the last three to five years. More so than it's the other seriously Joker movie good. they were talking about. Yeah. Seriously. Oh, Jared Leto. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. Shot. Yeah. Yeah. Shut up. Might not be happening. Might not be happening. Yeah. Oh. What happened? It's a so little, it's a, it's a yeah, what happened to Johnny Little? He's a little difficult to deal with, you know, that guy? What a little too he's meta uh, for us. Yeah. Too, too busy method. being a vampire. Yeah. Horrible. That yeah. is true. Yeah. I don't come out in the day. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's playing Morbius for the Morbius. Yeah. He is, he is yeah. playing Morbius. Yeah. 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 Um, so, yeah, I mean, that, that cast is shaping up really, really nicely. Guys, when you, when you heard that this week, did you have any reaction to no. it? Did you? No. No, it was <laughs> legit. Like, I was well, kind of well. like, this is weird casting, right? Like, <laughs> Like Mark Maron? Uh, you okay? Okay, yeah, that's that's my reaction too. Uh, we've got about 10 minutes left on the show, 10 or 15 minutes, so I just want to rattle through a few things before we get to box office, and we'll talk about the uh, the uh, the Venom trailer that came out this oh. week very quickly. It won't take long. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy cast this week posted an open letter supporting the reinstatement of James Gunn. Um, great to see them getting behind. A lot of people saying we don't support the jokes, but we like James. Uh, apparently, he had discussions with Disney this week. Uh, looks like he won't be coming back to the Guardians franchise, which, to be honest with you, I'm not entirely surprised by. I would have been no. very surprised if they had brought him back on board. Um, but nice to see the car standing behind him. Uh, did you see the story this week? Yes, yes. Uh, I mean, this has been... How could you not have seen this yeah, story this everywhere. week? This story has been what Comic Con? Yeah, it broke. Yeah. Right I, I feel Comic-Con. like it took over like after yeah. the WB panel that day on that Saturday. It's like the rest of the day was all about James Gunn the yeah. entire day, and yeah. then it just hasn't stopped for like the last two weeks. Yeah, no. Um, you know, it, it's he apologized. It's this is the strangest thing for me because he apologized for this. This happened in the past. Mm. Someone actually he apologized must, a number of years oh, ago. Oh my god, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. And someone must have had the had something so out for him. Mm. It was it was a it was, it was really a, a personal no, attack. It, it, well, well. It was a. They they found out who it was. I forget the person's name, but he writes for a very Republican, very conservative. Yes, I and, heard about and, this. And, and, and Mike Gunn. Servovich. Yeah. I'm sorry, say that one I, more time. I believe it's Mike Servovich. Yeah. Okay. And 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 James Gunn, recently within the past month, has become in his tweets extremely critical of 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 current politics, and this guy. <clears throat> this writer mm. uh, found these tweets, and he did. It was a personal attack. He yeah. even said he was going to go after the likes of like Patton Oswalt, and he had yeah. other people lined up in his sites. But it was a personal attack. What's sad about it is it worked. 
Yeah, uh, it's affected yes. his livelihood. Uh, he apologized for it then. He was supposed uh, to come to Comic Con, by the way. Oh, he yeah. was. He did, yeah, yeah, he yeah. Didn't come. yeah. To 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 your point, I'm not surprised. Uh, you know, for, that Disney. It's unlikely mm. uh, because what's Disney going to do? Because they've already set that edict. Maybe they'll be a little wiser moving forward, right? Mm. But since they already did that, and then they had just a few weeks prior the Roseanne. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what's going on here is is that people are conflating these two, where this happened a decade ago. Roseanne happened a decade ago. It happened five years ago. It happened a month ago. Mm. It's still happening today. Like, so they knew what they were getting into with Roseanne, but if they hired James Gunn back, I can see... It's hypocritical, right? Yeah, It would be hypocritical, yeah. Yeah. I'm not entirely... I'm not going to even say that it's hypocritical. It's... It's hyperpolitical because Ooh. if you go and hire her, hire him back, yeah. then you're going to have a whole faction going. Yeah. Well, what about Roseanne? What about this? What about the the what aboutism will be mm. like? Nobody will want to listen. And, 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 and there is a difference. And I've seen a lot of people sort of you know talking online and saying the jokes that he made were off color and they, they were, were off color. Yeah. However, I saw people conflating it and saying uh, if you're making jokes about this kind of thing like uh, pedophilia. Um, then he might be an abuser, and I'm like, it, you can't conflate no. the, well, the you two can't things. When it's, re- you, no, it doesn't you, mean. You it's like saying if you watch House, it means you're potentially a doctor, not the same <laughs> thing. Or, you yeah, know, or ER. Yeah, it's, it's, see, ER. Yeah. I, I am a doctor, but I, I am that is true. Um, <laughs> I am, but you know that this Moore guy, yeah, that you know was being supported. Who mm. there is fact about. Yep, you know, hitting on young people. Let's say, yeah, it's it's we're we're living in dangerous, interesting times. I understand why James Gunn uh, could not be rehired. What what may happen is, like, either he could be a ghost writer, a Mm. ghost consultant, Mm. or something. Mm. I I have a feeling that he's not necessarily through with Guardians of the Galaxy. He'll be back. I mean, Hollywood will move will move forward and he will be directing films at some point in the in the near future. I have zero but doubt. I, I, he may not be directing Guardians 3. Yeah. He'll have a finger in the pie. his spirit yeah. will be no, yes, yeah. in one way, oh, shape, yeah. or form. Let's run through a couple of other things before we get to box office. Top Gun 2 uh, added Glenn Powell. We discussed this a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I'd say, I thought he was going to get the role over Miles Teller, and I said, I'm going to eat my hat. I still have my hat. Uh, the other one was very tasty. I did say that. I was horribly wrong, but that's fine. I don't mind being wrong. Uh, but actually, apparently Glenn Powell uh, impressed Tom Cruise so much um, that they were like, fuck it, let's give you a role. So yeah. they're giving Glenn... Powell a role, which yeah. is amazing. Yeah, yes. I hear his uh, maybe his he's Goose's other son no, or nephew. No, I think his uh, I think his, his his call name is Dead Meat. Yeah, oh uh, well, no spoilers there <laughs> no, in no spoilers. in the name. No, no. Uh, I'm very glad. I, I like Glenn Powell. I think yeah, he's really too. really good. He's he's a a very he's a I think he's kind of the closest thing we have at the moment to a potential matinee idol. In movies, mm. he's good-looking. He's very accessible. Uh, I think he's very pleasant. He's charismatic. He fills the roles that he plays yeah. on screen. And I know he's got a lot of kudos for the movie that he's done on Netflix. Um, I think Glenn Powell is, is going to be very, very big. I yeah, think he's I, he's a great he, actor. He's definitely poised for that. Yeah, and I definitely. think that, and I'm going to talk about this more uh, on Anatomy of a Movie when we when we break down Mission Impossible. But yeah. Tom Cruise today. Uh, 
you know, he has his muses as far as the directors that he works mm-hmm. really well mm-hmm. with. Kaczynski being one of them, he worked with him on Oblivion. So yeah. obviously he wanted to go back to working together with him. Um, I think the casting so far, we're going to get a little bit of the old with some fresh new faces, which I think is great. I, I can't wait. Yeah. I am looking forward to Maverick. The more and more I t- we talk about it every week, mm-hmm. like... The less and less I, I, I care about Star Wars, the more and more I care about Top Gun. As yeah, weird as that sounds. I, I started off very much being like, we don't need Top Gun 2, yeah. but I'm, I, I'm, I'm certainly warming to like it. The casting is very good. It, but like Star Wars, I'm like, can we just shut up about this already? Let's uh, go for a while. We, we have uh, comments in the chat on this. Jack Dennis saying, hey guys, good morning. Uh, I guess I'm happy for Glenn Powell. Jack Dennis, as we know, is uh, is uh, Miles Teller. That's right, mm-hmm. right. So Miles, very very pleased you're going to be working with, with Glenn, which is great. Uh, Sky Patterson, congrats to Glenn Powell on <laughs> joining Top Gun Maverick. I know uh, I know Glenn is a big fan of the show, mm-hmm. so he will appreciate Thank that. Uh, yeah, Popcorn Talk saying, uh, I-, I love him too, and I want him to keep making original films such as X uh, and uh, uh, Annihilation. Absolutely. Um, uh, John Harrison, I still think that he's British for some reason. Uh, interesting. Uh, Jack, I see it now. Glenn Powell would play the MCU's Johnny Storm in a Fantastic mm. Four reboot. No. Yes. Yeah, he'd be Not a shit I, idea. I, no. Not I like fun. that. Had not considered that. Which is great. Uh, so yeah, so that's that's uh, that's fantastic. Um, okay, a couple of other things to run through very quickly. Mowgli leaving Warner for Netflix. Netflix also buying Andy Serkis's Animal Farm motion Poor capture Andy adaptation. Serkis. Poor Andy Serkis. I kind of am not surprised though because I I did think that it was going to be that film has been delayed quite a while. I know Andy. I'm, I know Andy personally has been taking a lot of care over that movie. It's been in the pipeline for a long time. It was moved because of the Jungle Book from Disney. I am not surprised that it's going to Netflix I think it was part of a big buy-in deal that he may have done with Netflix by the Mm. fact they're buying into a lot of this content that's coming out of the Imaginarium his studio in London yeah and let okay so he was at CinemaCon Mm. he you know and, and to his credit he did you know you can tell without seeing the movie he did what he believes and and this is great he did his best yeah okay and he he came out at CinemaCon with cast. Uh, they were all very supportive of him, of the movie. Um, but there was just literally no buzz. Yeah. I mean, that's the it, thing. it was DOA. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Netflix now is the new dumping grounds. Instead of, <laughs> well... It's true. I, but, it's but, very but true. But it is. It, it's it a is. way for it's a studio, true. instead of releasing a movie... Cloverfield sucks. Put it on Netflix. Right. Yeah. Well, that's what it is. <clears throat> and But, but it... I'm I'm okay with it yeah. because instead of getting that movie in September after Labor Day yeah. or the middle of January into the beginning of February, yeah. right? Instead of a studio having to put out publicity money, uh, distribution money, yeah. uh, any kind of marketing, posters, standees, whatever it is they're going to do, yeah. they negate that. <clears throat> Right, yeah. so they get that out of the budget. They get money up front, yep. and it ends up being seen on Netflix, and then people can make their own decision, yay or nay. Right? Absolutely. So Andy Serkis, as you said, now there's Animal Farm. He's got this other deal going on. I feel bad for Andy Serkis because I think he was putting a he was put in a lose lose situation, and I, for the life of me, I still blame Warner Brothers execs who, like you knew, Disney was coming out with the Jungle Book. Mm, you knew mm. that John Favreau was directing yeah what the hell were you thinking to try to come up with yet another jungle book live action yeah. story yeah yeah i don't care how you market it 
It's it's like it's like when you do Jurassic Park and then Roger Corman comes out with his T Rex. Yeah, you know, it's like you can't. You're not. You, you just. You should have axed the idea yeah. and given Andy Serkis something else to direct. Agreed. Uh, on the chat uh, in this, uh, John Harrison saying Mowgli had no chance once the Jungle Book made merely one million uh, one billion dollars. Agree. Uh, it was too similar and iconic to be released too soon to it. True. Zeno Hour saying Animal Farm by Andy Serkis is something I didn't know I needed until now. Absolutely agree. Animal Farm is one of my favourite um, animated movies of all time. I mm-hmm. just recently bought it on Blu-ray again. Just just absolutely stunning. Uh, Jack Dennis yeah, saying it's also a really good. Book. Oh God! It was a book. <laughs> it was a like, book, like Meg. Yeah. yeah. What? <laughs> what? Uh, Whatever he is saying, you nerd. <laughs> Jack Dennis saying Mowgli was a mirror Jesus. mirror to Kristen, uh, uh, Kristen Stewart Snow White. Absolutely agree. Uh, John Harrison. Uh, it's better that it's on Netflix because it was going to flop hard. I, I, I don't think it would flop. I just don't think it would do particularly well. Uh, and my concern with that was the fact that Warner Brothers might have buried it in some way, kind of shoved it in a yeah, well, thing. And I'm just kind it. of. You're right. They yeah. would have done that dump. I think it was lose lose for Andy Serkis. Yeah. So this way, let's just this way. If it's on Netflix, and let's just say for the sake of this conversation with yeah. everybody, let's say it really isn't that good of a movie, right? Yeah. You'll only be talking about it as not being a good movie, like say Bright or that Cloverfield movie oh, on yeah. Netflix, right? Yeah. You'll only be talking about it as a Netflix movie. Yeah. And you'll go, well, it's a Netflix movie, right? To me, to this is like the fine distinction of what should be on the big screen, and you know, if but, it's a Netflix. But but here's movie. the thing, Netflix. You know, we've set it up, which I know mm. we bring up a lot. Like they got some positive buzz. I mean, I feel yeah. like that was the one movie that they put out that people were constantly talking about. Set it up, the yeah. one with Glenn Powell and yeah. Yeah. Zoe Deutsch. I feel like that has kind of like been the first movie that was a hit a real massive hit for them yeah bright you know critics hated it some some audiences liked it but and that, that one got some buzz yeah but it got plenty of hate and then what all everything that happened with but max did, landis afterwards well people in the chat are saying uh, andy circus worked on mowgli oh. for six years so upsetting people yeah. saying it's embarrassing do you know what i, I actually don't think it is i think yeah. what we're seeing now is, is a movement um <clears throat> within some of the major studios yeah. where they are going actually because we're seeing a lot of content that is as you say dumps on netflix yeah. We're seeing a lot of, but that's a lot from independent production companies who are selling their stuff to Netflix. Um, and then we're seeing kind of, this is the first, I think, of a wave of studios who might potentially start looking at stuff, whereas they put it on VOD, studios putting money behind movies to then put on Netflix, uh, no, which I think no, potentially could raise again, some of the standard in that. We have to think a little bit, we have to go a little bit deeper than think. this. Yeah, maybe. Uh. And, and here's the deal. Yeah. There was... You go ahead, you you make a theatrical film, mm. right? And you, and you have all intentions of releasing a movie theatrically. Yeah. Okay. If you have got zero, and I mean zero buzz, you mm. came out of you came out of CinemaCon, you couldn't you couldn't really excite exhibitors. You weren't exciting anybody else coming out. They had the trailer out. There was virtually no buzz. It mm. was DOA. Mm. The people who have to market this and the people who have to distribute. Like, there's a whole department dedicated to getting this movie out to a, a theater yes. near you. If you can't come up, it's like, oh, my God, what are we going to... How can we change our marketing? Yeah. And it, there just comes a point where they say, wait, Netflix is offering us how much? Like, and if they were offered a ton of money that's yeah. going to cover part of their production cost... 
it, and they're either going to they're, they're probably going to make more than if they they took more time yeah. and effort to mark because those costs are very expensive True. and then the distribution department has to fight mm. to get that movie into theaters and if nobody's going to go and if the marketing is already proving yeah so it's a good way to go anthony can we get 10 minutes is that okay yeah yeah fantastic cool uh we're going to move on very quickly uh but uh, john harrison saying in the chat the movie reminds me of the legend of tarzan from 2016 uh. exactly uh, it even had the same visual aesthetic uh, warner brothers uh, just has a tough time with big budget movies lately i think that's fair comment i think yes. that's fair comment okay let's run through a couple of stories and then we're going to get to box office um just very quickly disney doesn't want to make this is coming from john turtletow this week uh, disney doesn't want to make national treasure 3 but a reboot for disney streaming service is likely <laughs> i said that national National Treasure was going to be something that was going to turn up on the Disney streaming service potentially as a TV show. Said this months ago. Well, we Said this months ago. You know, we talked when, about when it on I was the show. Reading about that, yeah. yeah, because we talked about Nick yeah. Cage. Uh, personally, why not make a movie? Yeah. Like seriously, make one more movie. Yeah. Why not? Um, there, there really are people who are clamoring for it. Yeah, um, and I get do it for the streaming it. service though. Let's have one of these. I think we're going to see an increasing, and I think especially since uh, with the Fox merger, I think we're going to start seeing some of these franchises coming back and being made into movies, relaunched as movies, but not taking the risk on the box office, putting them on the Disney streaming service to give people a reason to fork out for that. If you're going to factor in his, his philosophy regarding budgets, yeah. you could have done a good national. Yes. Movie. Yeah. Without an inflated budget, 10, 25 million, you could very easily even, do that. Even thirty-five to forty, to, like, yeah. don't overinflate the budget. You could have given us a good national treasure theatrical experience mm-hmm. that people will have fun. Because let's face it, we don't have Indiana Jones in the marketplace. We're not going to have him for another fifty years, apparently. Why not? Yeah. I mean, why not? Yeah. It could fill in a really cool, fun void. Absolutely. And bring Nicolas Cage back. Uh, remake and uh, prequel news. The Sandlot prequel in the works at Fox for no good reason. I didn't realize. I, I only saw The Sandlot quite recently. I know it's a kind of an iconic American movie. Um, I only saw it quite recently. I didn't realize they made two sequels to that movie. Yes. Which no one talks about. I actually worked. Like a funny uncle. Yeah. No one invites them to Thanksgiving. <laughs> no. Nope. Don't sit on Uncle Steve's lap. Yeah. Weird. Uh, Sony is remaking the 1987 Bruce Willis Kim Basinger movie, uh, Blind Date. Sure. Why not? Uh, I love what? that movie. Me too. I love it's, that movie. Again, for me, it goes back Bruce to... Bruce Willis had hair. So yes. did I in those days. Um, number one, uh, nobody was doing slapstick the way... Mm. Um, Blake Edwards. No, it was yeah. great. I mean, we had great the Zucker movie. Brothers for a little bit, yeah, right? Yeah. So, but then there was Blake Edwards, and the genius of Blake Edwards that doesn't doesn't relate to today's audiences mm-hmm. is he could set up a joke, but that joke is like ten minutes long because it's a whole choreographed mm-hmm. bit. Yeah, and 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 John Larroquette in Blind Date. It's fantastic. Yeah. I really am a big fan of Blind Date. Put it out on Blu-ray already. Um, yeah. If you're going to remake it, I don't know how you're going to do it. Let's remake have... something that's not even on Blu-ray. Yeah. Think about that, <laughs> studios. Mm. Think about that. Oh, no, because mm. I wouldn't want them to remake Ruthless People either. Yeah. Because it's another great movie. That and is it's great. not on Blu-ray. I want them to remake Hello Again with Shelley Long. Oh, oh I remember yeah. that movie. Oh, yeah. 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 That's really cool. Yeah. Uh, anyway, in uh, things that Hollywood aren't doing news... Uh, uh, yeah. But let's talk about <laughs> Indecent Proposal. There's a remake of that in the works. Nah, nah, That's where basically, nah, yeah. how much can I pay you to 
to fuck your wife. Yeah, How much yeah. can I pay you to see this movie? It yeah, should yeah. be. That's the I don't think we need indecent proposal movie. No. There are there are no. several sort of sexual thrillers and sexual dramas from the nineties that I would love to see a remake of. That were greatly that were, cast. Yeah, like, superb. But that's not one of them. No. no. Uh, but there you go. Uh, consenting adults was a great one. Um, mm-hmm. Kevin Klein, yep. uh, uh, Kevin Spacey. Yeah. Oh, awkward. Awesome. Uh, I would well, love to no, see that remade. Consenting yeah. adults. Uh, let's very quickly. <laughs> yeah. That, oh, yeah. Oh god, this got very uh, dark all of a sudden. Uh, trailers this week. Venom was the big one that came out. If you want to say that was a big one, Ooh. I think a big pile of you know what. I. <sighs> Yeah, F that movie. That's that's how I feel about that movie. I'm a little bit yeah. concerned I, about that. I don't know if I... I not the more I see of it, the less on board with it yes. I am. The more on board. It's like, why? Why? Yeah. It just looks why? terrible. And why can't awful. you ever understand Tom Hardy? <laughs> you know when you were able to understand him? When? In Star Trek Nemesis, when he wasn't on the roids, when he wasn't oh. all beefed up, he was very thin, and he actually looked like a younger Patrick Stewart. Yeah. And he was great in um, Inception. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, you know, Tinker Taylor Soldier Spot. Look, he's a fantastic actor. Yeah. I he underst- is. He, and I understand... Like, like in Mad Max, where he doesn't have to talk. Yeah, well, I, I think he's a fantastic actor, and I think that, you know, his agent was like, hey, superhero movies, this is hey. an anti-superhero, and you mm. get to the... So I get why he took the gig, and on paper, it must have looked really, really good. But you know, I saw the I saw the first trailer and I was like, Meh. and then I saw this trailer. This like, trailer, they showed this at Comic Con, and I like, I legit was like, that was to get people out of what all the age. fuck was, to clear was the room. that? Yeah, it's not good. But, but did it, get, it got applause though. Right? Of course it yeah. did. It's yeah. like you can yeah. you can show much someone does shitting in a box yeah. at, at, right. at, at, in Comic Con, and people are like, yeah. More. That is true. Run it again. Uh, okay, we're running out of time. Uh, let's talk about the big releases this week. Let's talk about box office. The big three movies coming out this week are Christopher Robin, The Spy Who Dumped Me, and The Darkest Minds. Uh, Christopher Robin did 1.5 million in previews uh, last night on Thursday, looking at doing a weekend about 30 million. So it's going to be between that uh, and Mission Impossible Fallout Ball Out. Uh, they're going to be number one movie this week. Um, Spy Who Dumped Me, zero buzz. <laughs> Zero buzz. Uh, did 950,000 in previews, looking at a, a weekend of about 13 million. Uh, Darkest Minds, ooh, ooh, dark, uh, ooh, uh, 550,000 uh, in previews, so half a mil, uh, just over. That's looking at a weekend of about 5 to 8 million. Can, can, uh, that, can that movie just, right now, just pop the bubble and the whole YA? I had a conversation with Sean Levy. about that. That's uh, what yeah, I said after yeah. I saw it. Like, just just I, let's stick a fork in it. I had a conversation done. with Sean about this a couple of months ago. Sean Levy, who produced the movie, and I was he's, he's producing a number of YA things. And I was like, dude, why are you doing it? Everybody else is moving away from YA. Overseas, people people just don't want to do it. I don't even think overseas there's that much of, a, of an interest Not in this for stuff. This. This, is, this is a bust. It could be one of the lowest grossing studio movies of the year it's a very dangerous thing to do uh, I haven't seen it but let's get through to Christopher Robin first of all um, a lot of reviews came out last night weirdly um, it was embargoed until 7 o'clock last night uh, Pacific time uh, which was strange as it was already showing in movie theatres and it was actually showing uh, in non-domestic territories the uh-huh. day before which is kind of weird uh, I really like this movie I was very surprised by it um, it made me laugh it made me cry uh, I had a 
way, way like this more than I thought I was going to like it. Uh, it's one of my favorite movies of the year, actually. It's certainly in my top five. A lot of people not loving it. I know you... No, no, no. I, I, I was... I'm I'm very surprised to hear that, Mr. Simon. Why? Because you because think I'm a heartless shit. It's, it's yeah, Thompson. yeah, it's Thompson. Yeah. No, no, don't go by Simon. But no, so just why why are you surprised? Respectful. Um, I thought it was very uneven. I thought that when it came to the human element of this story, mm. I felt like it really lacked. I didn't buy into the relationship between his wife and daughter in the movie. I, I feel like there was not, there's not enough character development there between them. Mm. I feel like whenever Winnie the Pooh and the rest of the gang came on screen, the movie went from like a five to a nine. And yep. they just they ultimately really saved the film. The tone of the movie is kind of weird. It, it feels like gothic and gloomy. Pretty yeah. much consistently but I like through, that. throughout. But I thought it was a brave in, and a bold choice for a Disney movie. Out, it didn't fit in with Pooh as a character. Yeah. I love I did love the fact that the characters looked worn. I liked that they didn't look fresh and vivid. Yeah. That was great to me. But uh and every time they were on screen, I loved it. But I just there was an emotional core missing of the film. And it was just so goody two uh so goody two shoes at mm. times. Like it just was like Oh, and and the message was just so basic, so basic. Which which I actually really liked because it was very much it was like it, it was simple. It's a simple movie, and for me, you say that it, it kind of lacked you know that that heart that center. For me, it had way more heart, and I think that simplicity for me was the fact that it was so pure, so unadulterated emotion right for me from the characters that i actually it really i was not expecting much from this and the fact that disney have not been really trumpeting this movie at all um i was very surprised i was kind of thinking that it, it wasn't going to be something that worked for me it worked for me on in ways that i really was not expecting and for me the simplicity was a really big selling yeah. point they didn't try to make it more than it was mm. i you know I did enjoy the movie overall. Yeah. I'm actually the opposite of you, though. Going into this, I actually was really excited for it mm. until they started screening it so late. Then I was kind of like, eh. Yeah, that's fair. That's yeah. fair. So for you, it was a loose poo. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was, it was the most satisfying poo that I've had in a long time. Um, eat more at Taco Bell. That's yeah. true. That is true. And we cycle back. Uh, but no, I genuinely, I really enjoyed it. I like Ewan McGregor as, as Christopher Robin. Again, I get your points on the, the mother-daughter relationship, and I get that was kind of, for me, a MacGuffin in the movie. Yeah. So I was willing to kind of go, okay, actually, that was not... It was a MacGuffin. It wasn't a really central part of the movie. It was about Christopher Robin. It was about Pooh and Tigger and all his friends and his realization. So I didn't mind that kind of relationship <clears throat> being benched on the side. Um, I, but I it's really the loved crutch it. Of the movie. It, ends it is on and that. it isn't. For me, the like, crutch of the movie was really like, the relationship with, with, with yeah. kind of Pooh. That was that was the thing and the realization of Christopher but Robin. It was Christopher Robin's it, story. And they close with it and it book bookends. What was that, Anthony? I don't know why I look in the sky. It's not like you're actually in the rafters. <laughs> Anthony, come down! What are you doing? He's got to, Sorry, he's what were saying, you saying? time to rap. Oh, okay, cool. Time to time rap. To rap. We, we, I don't rap. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so let's move on to Christopher Robin. Uh, the Spy Who Dumped Me, again, it's not going to be a massive success. Might make top five this week, but it's not going to be huge. And The Darkest Minds you saw briefly surmise that. Yeah, just... It exists. There, it's a hodgepodge. Of, it's, <laughs> it it's 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 a hodgepodge of ideas. Yeah. The main girl in the movie, who I wish would get a really solid script. Hopefully, with the hate you give, it'll be her time to shine. Yep. Just wasted potential. 
Cool ideas, just doesn't go anywhere with it. Uh, forced love story, wasn't a fan. Spy Who Dumped Me. Um, if you like Kate McKinnon, if you like her stick, you know, her, her thing that she does, yeah. you'll probably like the movie. If you don't like her and you don't like her thing, you're probably going to hate this movie. Right. That's the best way to I'm gonna describe it. I'm going to yeah. watch that on a plane. Um, I, I recommend Christopher Robin. You do not. No, I do. I, I, I do. You know, I do. I haven't seen it. You should Sorry. do it. I, I'm, no, I'm really looking forward to it. Take time I, out. I like, have, a, have a poo. I, I will. I will. This weekend. I like right after the show. Okay, so. Uh, Coffee. It's working its wow. magic. Oh, shit. We're, th- we're still on. Yeah, we are. We are. <laughs> yeah. At which point, we're actually going to wrap up the <laughs> yeah. show. Uh, so, uh, uh, Dimitri, where can we find you, and what are you doing on Nasty uh, Movie this week? At DMovies. Uh, please support me on Twitter, at DMovies1701. At DMovies1701. And uh, come on over to Anatomy of, uh, of, of a Movie. If you like to discuss and break down movies the way that we break down the industry here, mm-hmm. we do this for movies. So this week, uh, Mission Impossible Fallout, Teen Titans movie. Uh, can't wait to talk about both of them. Really, really looking forward to, to, to really talking about Mission Impossible. I, I, not enough uh, big love for that movie this summer. Absolutely. Scott, where can we find you? Really quick, Instagram, Twitter, the other Scott M. Uh, do three shows here, obviously. This one. I do the LA Online Film Critics Society weekly show, which will be on at 11 o'clock today and every Friday at 11 a.m. And then finally, Black Tomatoes, which is on Sunday on Black Hollywood Live with Carla Renata at 5 p.m. I and wish I could be more metered as you. I should I should practice that. It's fine. You we'll know. get there. Okay. Uh, and, and, and my name is Simon Thompson. It's, it's we'll work on it. It's fine. It's a work in progress. Uh, at uh, Showbiz Simon on Instagram and Twitter. This has been Moot the Movie Press. You can also find me on Facebook. This is Simon Thompson. Uh, thank you so much for watching the show. Don't forget, like, subscribe. We welcome your comments uh, on the YouTube channel afterwards. And please do post a review on iTunes and tell everybody that you know that loves movies about the show. We really appreciate it. We appreciate the time that you take to watch. Please spread the word. Thank you so much. We will see you next week. This has been Meet the Movie Press. It's August the 3rd, and we will see you soon. Uh, Use your movie pass while you can, people. (laughs) From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of its owners or principals.